And we have an incredible panel here. What I'd like us, our panel to do is we're going to start from the end, and you can see everybody's name. I'd like you to please tell us how you say your name, where are you from, and then what business are you in? And the killer f- feature at the end is what makes you cool? Everybody, my name's Gabrielle. Look, I listen. am the CEO and founder of a consultancy called Restaurant Secrets and Cornerstone 61, and we specialize in helping people like yourselves open a restaurant one day and then keep it open with the right solutions. I'm from the Caribbean. I'm a, I'm a hybrid of Indo-Portuguese and French-Caribbean. Um, grew up in the UK, Singapore, and been here for 25 years. What makes me cool, I think, is Dubai. Dubai makes me cool. After spending 25 years, it keeps me on my toes. Um, Keep on evolving, keeping on um, doing new things. And I am so happy to be here today and uh, answer your questions. On this now other side of COVID, I think we're all there. Is opening a restaurant different than it was before opening a restaurant before COVID? We need to keep on evolving with recessions, with pandemics and things. So I'm on the other end, right? I don't operate anymore. I help people operate. So we were called out by so many people um, during the lockdowns, post-lockdown, to rethink, to help them audit what they're doing well and what they're not doing well. For me, the, the second consultancy that we launched recently has been an answer to exactly that. Like, How do you survive what's inevitable? You're going to have uh, recessions. You're going to have uh, shifts in market needs. You know, The millennial generation, by the time we got used to their needs, now we've got the Gen Z coming up. So we've got to keep on evolving. For me, the lesson that people learned, um, I see the shift in the entrepreneurial mindset is that they want to know more about the hardcore business factors. They care more about their rents now. They want to negotiate their locations and their rents better. Um, they want to build a model that uh, relies... Is that generational or is that because of post-COVID? I think it's both. Um, part of the closure is bad rents. So correction is not shooting down bad operators. It's actually considering looking at the number of restaurants that open up and the limited space that we've got, the limited uh, good properties that we've got, we've got to come up with a good partnership of uh, rent with business plans. And generational, yes, the, the needs change. Entertainment is such a big part now of what, how we do F&B. So I think people are rethinking, why am I opening a restaurant, which I'm so happy to see. People thought it's the easiest business to get into, <laughs> but the closures... Um, they, they tell their own story. So I, I, would, I would say that, yes, every problem, every situation has an opportunity to learn. And I see that in the, in the entrepreneur's spirit. They're so much wiser. They ask the right questions. And I'm happy to consult in that kind of uh, environment. Your post-apocalypse overview of all the restaurants. And all of you are going to get to be Simon Cow. okay? You're all going to have that attitude. And I want to know if somebody comes in front of you with a, a plan idea of a restaurant, okay, and you're going to go, nah, it's not going to work. What would be those three things that everyone for some reason assumes is going to work is destined for failure? I want you to think of the things that, and that could be um, maybe it's a, um, a, a Peruvian um, mixture with Australian and it's a wine bar. What? 
You know, I want you to think what is destined for failure that you see often, and it might be in the inexperience of the people that are opening the restaurant, but what's destined for failure? So um, for me, it's not just opening my own restaurant. My responsibility is helping others open theirs and stay open. And I think for me over the years, the one thing that will make you stand apart is putting purpose to your passion. No, wait, 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 wait. I don't want positive. I want what's going to fail that you've seen. Because I, I know you're going to go with that. But let's talk about if you see this in a business plan or you see somebody that's doing it, it's destined to fail. I'll give you that. I'll okay. give you that in a second. But, but if you're not going to bring purpose to your passion, you're going to get emotional. You're going to make decisions that are... Uh, not good for your business, not good for your people. So for me, getting into business, the, the reason to get into business, you need to have the right reason to get into business. Remember, your job is stewarding your people, your product. You know, and, and being a leader, you're going to have so many challenges. You're going to have to go through recessions and pandemics, and people are going to leave you're going to have problems. You're going to have financial crunches. It's not an easy thing to, to do business. And especially, I agree with you, Michelle, in our business, the numbers, it's, it's a numbers game. We crunch really small numbers. And people that don't understand that business is about a great financial understanding of what you're doing, plus a people mentality, plus a great story, plus good marketing, and loving what you do every single day. And when you don't love it, you have to motivate other people, your, your team, to be out there. For me, uh, to answer that question or what fails, I think when people think that I'll open a restaurant because, sorry, uh, this, might, this might tick a lot of boxes in the audience, because my mother is a great cook or my wife is a great cook or because I am so good at this. I do a barbecue and this is directed at the men. I do a barbecue and all my friends say I should open a restaurant. Oh, I hear that all the time. If you do that, be a great host, you know, get people over and enjoy that. But opening a restaurant is a big commitment. And if you got your eye on those people that need to get paid, your team, your suppliers, the landlord, and yourself, you'll think twice. So I think getting into the business, understanding that I am going to do I'm going to compete. I'm going to have to lose sleep. I'm going to have to work harder than the rest. There is no magic chef or GM who's going to take the responsibility of your decisions. You're the leader. You're the boss. You've got to make those tough decisions. And I think the other, uh, the other th- reason why people fail is because they do not anticipate the market needs. I've seen clients who come in and say, I want a great restaurant and I want people to love it like they love Zuma and Koe and the others. But when they start getting involved with interiors, with menu, they start saying, I don't like this or I don't think this color. So they start doing things for themselves. You need to keep an eye on your market and the market is changing rapidly, faster than we can keep up with it. So the people who really know what the market wants and they understand that business is serving people. It's about understanding what that person wants and then bringing everything to the table. Those people make it. And the ones, it's all about you and you're leaving a legacy. It's a great thing. But getting over-emotional about what you're doing and doing it for yourself rather than for others is a, is a sure failure. Thank you. Yeah. Social media. 
friend or foe. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's a panel all by itself, right? The ratings world of a TripAdvisor and all these things that at times feel like you're not in control of. It's everyone else out there. How do you deal with it? How do you keep it intact? How do you manage it? First, favorite social platform as of today is what? Incredibly search. I'll tell you that in a moment. What do you think? Uh, I agree with Laura um, and, of course, with you, Derek, that you. it is a friend and a foe. I mean, it's, it's what you seek is what you find, right? So I, I recall when we started building restaurants almost two decades back, we didn't have the access of this online platforms like Instagram, TikTok, the others. I remember that I had to pay people to put flyers in people's houses, and you never knew how that would turn out, right? I like you, how you date yourself by saying that. I remember when... It was flyers. <laughs> I do, actually. I do. And that's what came to me. I was like, it's become so much easier. The more digital we've gone, it's actually easier to reach your audience if you've got good content. And you need to have good content because these platforms are not just marketing you. They're positioning you. They're, they're communicating your brand. Everybody's online, including myself. I've had to give in and have, I have an Instagram page now, which is a year old. Uh, which I try to stay away from all these years. But this is the world we live in. This is where people make decisions. Something during your idle time to start bringing in a bigger crowd? Because idle times are really important when there's not enough business to have something that's more pinkwitty-based. You're going to say something. I love that question. You know why? Because during the entire uh, lockdown, I had so much time on my hands, which I never have, and I came up with this business model that was exactly what you said, Ken was supposed to be called Secret Deals, and it was targeted at restaurants. Because, you know, when we discount our restaurants on Groupon and stuff, we sort of lose the brand. But the word drop is such a cool word in the fashion market. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this idea, and I started building it, and then we all opened up our restaurants. had to get back, uh, you know, to work, get the consultancy up and running, get the... We, we used to operate restaurants those days, get them going. But I like that you're saying that because it makes me rethink that. I think it's a great idea because if you have a deal only for a few hours and if it's in your neighborhood and, you know, you can only get it here for for the next 10 minutes, I think that there's people love that. I like that idea. We're running out of time. So what I want is I want to know your hidden gem of a restaurant that you are not managing. You do not own. You're not a client. You uh, know they're not on the RIP space, the rest in peace space. What is a hidden gem in Dubai that we all need to venture out to? What's the cuisine? What's the name? Um, Amazonico. I love that place. And it's not because there are... I love hidden gems, like you, most of you mentioned. But for me, I don't know, maybe it's because what I do, I, I like to see the whole picture. It's like a checklist in my head of F&B. So the interiors, the music, the ambience, the location, the service, the food. And I go there more often than I should because they, it always hits all the marks. So I think it's more of um, more of, of what I do for a living that for me, everything, I see things differently and Amazonico does it. Philia, I love it. Pitfire Pizza, I love your food. So yeah, <laughs> there's such a good... But you know what's interesting? Be- you all proved something. That story is so important. You all had a story about your favorite place. And I want to thank you all for joining us. Let's give a big hand for these incredible panelists. And let's visit every one of these places they mentioned.